everyone, I'm Matt Densky, and welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin our content, I want to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head on over to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and we hope you enjoy this episode. series right now called Church Matters. We've been in this series all summer long, and I think this uh, particular message tucks in so nicely into a series like this because this summer we've been exploring the things that matter to the church and what makes a church a church and what should the church be concerned with and where should we put emphasis and gravity and things like that. And I want to propose this morning that the next generation matters to the church. But, but what I'm going to invite us into this morning is, a, is a, a posture to align our hearts with the heart of God himself. And I believe that the next generation, historically and presently, is significant and deeply matters to the heart of God, and therefore should matter to the people of God. Our hearts should be lined up with God, and if God's heart is for the next generation, our hearts should be for the next generation. So please, 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 don't posture yourself this morning as in a, I'll sit here politely and listen and, and hear what God is doing in the next generation, but it doesn't concern me. It does concern you. So the, the conviction that I'm working from this morning is this, is that God's invitation towards the next generation is not positional, but personal. God's invitation towards the next generation is not positional, but personal. So in other words, who does God invite to make an impact on the next generation? Our tendency is to answer that question positionally. Oh, well, God invites grandparents and parents to make an impact on the next generation. That's by default, of course. God invites youth ministers and children's ministers to make an impact on the next generation. Of course, positionally, that's their job. God invites teachers to make an impact on the next generation or social workers or or whatever it might be. But my conviction is this, is, is that God's invitation to his people towards the next generation is not positional only, but personal. It applies to each and every single person who calls Jesus Lord. Why? Because the heart of God is for the next generation and the people of God should line up with the heart of God and therefore the people of God should be about the next generation. Not based on position alone, whether it's your vocation or not, whether you just graduated high school and you're like a young adult and you're like, dude, I'm so glad that I'm not surrounded by teenagers anymore. No, the next generation matters to you. If, if you're a 70 year old and you just retired and you're like, woo, freedom. Nope, the next generation is still on your radar. If you're a young mother in this room with three kids, that's my wife. The next generation matters to you. No matter who you are, no matter the demographic, no matter the age, no matter the context, the next generation matters to the church. And if we are the church, the people of God, the next generation should matter to us. My conviction is this. This morning is not a specialty Sunday where we talk about what God is doing in some building over there. This morning is an invitation for God's people to get in the game and begin to ask the question, does God have a role for me to make an impact on the next generation? 
God's invitation towards the next generation is not positional only, but personal to every person who follows Jesus. All right, so that's the what. Now, you may be asking, Matt, why? Like, why do you think that? Like, where are you drawing that from? All right, so now I'm going to give you the why, and then after the why, I'm going to give you the how, because hopefully after the why, I've got you on the hook a little bit, and you're going to be wondering how. How can I get in the game? But let's talk about the why. Four thoughts about the why. Why should God's people care about the next generation beyond position, but on a personal level where we feel like everyone is invited to have an impact on future generations? Why? Well, number one, God is actually known for it. If you read the Old Testament, what you will soon discover is that the Old Testament often refers to, writers in the Old Testament often refer to God as a multi-generational God. He's often referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so just think about this for a second, that, that God allows his name to be tied in with human lineage. The scriptures begin with a story of God desiring to share himself in friendship with his people. And God could be known for any number of things. And one of the things God allows himself to be known for is to be woven in as the God of human lineage. God is a multi-generational God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God is often at work in one generation to accomplish something to achieve something, to establish something in future generations. This is God at work in the life of Adam and Eve and establishing future generations that would come to know him as he tells them, be fruitful and multiply. This is God at, li at, at work in the life of Noah as he makes a covenant with Noah so that future generations can come to know God. This is God at work in the life of Abraham so that Isaac can come to know him, so that Jacob can come to know him, so that Joseph can come to know him. This is God at work in the life of Joseph so that eventually Moses can be raised up and stand before a holy God on behalf of his people. This is God at work in the life of Moses so that eventually Joshua could take the mantle and lead God's people into the promised land. This is God at work in the life of Joshua so that eventually judges could be raised up and deliver God's people. This is God at work in the life of the judges so that eventually prophets could be raised up. And you've got God at work in the life of Samuel so that eventually kings could be raised up. And now God's at work in the life of David so that Solomon can be raised up. God is at work in the life of Elijah so that Elisha can be raised up. God is at work in one generation to accomplish, achieve, and establish something in future generations. God is known for this all throughout the scriptures. And if God is known for it, then the people of God should be known for it. The next generation matters because God is known for it. But not only that, God is known for it, but the scriptures prioritize it. The Bible prioritizes this. If you read through the scriptures, even, even a, guys, like I don't encourage this, so please hear me, a little pastoral disclaimer, but even a quick Google search of just Bible verse generations, just Google that and you will come up with a list of verse after verse after verse where the scriptures teach that we are to be passing on our faith to the next generation, to our children's children. We are to establish something to future generations. Joshua chapter four, Joshua leads the people over the Jordan. God halts the flow of water. The Ark of the Covenant passes. God tells Joshua, gather 12 stones, set them up as a memorial. Why? So that future generations can ask about it. And when they ask, why, the, why are those stones there? We can tell them God was at work 
in generations previous. Psalm 78, verses five through seven. Psalm 102, verse 18. Psalm 145, verse four. Isaiah 59, verse 21. All of these verses, and this is not the exhaustive list, but all of these verses are just pop, 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 snapshots of the Bible emphasis to pass along and establish faith for the next generation and the generation after. Your legacy is not finished when you pass in this life. Your legacy passes to generations far beyond you. The Bible prioritizes it. God is known for it. But not only that, Jesus modeled it. Like, that's the ultimate trump card, really. That's the Sunday school answer. You just fill in the blank. Jesus, yeah, I mean, that's right, yeah. Jesus modeled this. God in the flesh, divine spirit incarnate in the flesh could have launched his rescue plan and redemptive plan in any number of ways and Jesus does something radical. He inaugurates the kingdom of God on earth. He brings the kingdom of God to earth. He creates pockets of the, of the heavenly reality here on the brokenness of earth so that people can experience heaven in the here and now. And Jesus did this in three years. He began his public ministry at the age of 30 and he was murdered by the age of 33. So let me just pause. Let's consider this for a moment. Biblical scholars line up and agree with this idea that the disciples, the 12 that Jesus invited were teenagers. I know if you grew up and you watched a lot of biblical movies and you saw like middle-aged balding men or something like that, in your mind, Peter's like over the hill and tipping. No, 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 no. These were teenage boys, 13, 14, 15-year-olds. Culturally, this would have been normal. We kind of look back on it and assume they were grown men. They weren't. They were teenagers. So let's pause for one second and, and let's consider that you're in the position to do the same. God comes to you in a vision while you're asleep. You have a vision. You say, Matt, I'm not charismatic. I don't have visions. I know. Just bear with me, okay? It's a, hypoth it's a pretend. God comes to you in a vision and he says to you, I want you to inaugurate the kingdom of God on earth. And you say, God, I <laughs> that's a huge responsibility, God says, I know, but I'm entrusting this to you. And you respond to God with, okay, God, I, I'll submit to you. I love you. So, so you want me to do this in my lifetime? And God says, no, I, I want you to do this in three years. And you say, oh, three years? That's like barely a thousand days. And God says, I know, but this is what I want you to do. And you say, all right, God, do you, do you have an all-star team for me? Do you have like a super squad for me? And God says, no, I want you to choose the team. I guarantee if we were the committee, if we were the brainstorming committee on how to inaugurate the kingdom of God here on earth in three years time, I would empty my bank account, which is not that robust. So it's not that much of a sacrifice, but I would put it before you and I would bet that no one in this room would conclude God's given us this grand mission to inaugurate the kingdom of God here on earth. How long we got? Three years. Whew, you know what we should do? Let's go to the local school and recruit 12 middle schoolers to do this thing right. None of us would draw that conclusion. And yet what does Jesus model in three years time to bring the kingdom of God here on earth and to pass along the mission to teach them all I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And I'm with you always to pass on that mission and entrust them. What does Jesus do? Recruits 12 teenagers and spends three years with them. 
Jesus modeled this type of value on the next generation for a mission as great as establishing the kingdom of God here on earth. Jesus models it. God is known for it. The Bible prioritizes it. Jesus models it. And if those three reasons weren't compelling enough, I think the fourth would just be general observation. Like if we were to just take a look at the numbers, if we were to study statistics and demographic for a second, there's companies, research companies that are constantly doing demographical studies on generations and, and observing the shifts in culture and what's going on and why. Right now, right now, seven out of every 10 are leaving their faith. And I don't say that statistic to injure anyone, but I do say it to grab your attention. That's an alarming statistic. Seven out of every 10 are walking away from their faith. You might say, no, Matt, not our kids. Not, no, 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 not like what we've got going on here. Yeah, like that's actually the demographic they're studying. Children who were raised in a Christian home whose parents have professed Jesus, children who were attended church on a regular basis and were involved in the life of church, children who professed Jesus as Lord in their life, children who were involved in the youth group growing up, who went on the mission trips, who, who, who did all this stuff. It's that demographic. 70% are walking away from their faith in their young adult years. And so the church, the people of God, have got to come around this idea, okay, well, our current strategies are somehow ineffective. The way that we're trying to disciple the next generation, something's not working. And if the next generation matters to God, it should matter to the church. It should matter to God's people. And the invitation towards the next generation is not positional only, but personal. See, the next generation is a fraction of today's population, but it's 100% of the future. And if you're in this room and you have a heartbeat for the bride of Christ thriving in the future, then logically you would have to begin to line up with God's heart for the next generation. How can we make an impact that goes beyond my lifetime so that the next generation and the generations to follow, follow Jesus radically and call him Lord? The next generation matters. Why? It matters to God. Therefore, let God's people rally around this idea as well. The Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to this episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on at our church, Head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week and we'll see you next time.